Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw, of course, Columbia City as well. We're just talking about R&B Car Company in Columbia City with a friend earlier today. No joke. Go to rbcarcompany.com. All right. A lot to get to today, and we usually only have about an hour or so to do it because open line starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time, so at 4 o'clock in an hour from now, you get to call about anything you want. We'll take those phone calls in the order that I get them. And that's really what happens with the show. You dictate what we discuss. And if there's no phone calls, then I just keep talking about whatever I want. So it's entirely up to you. And the phone number to join us at 4, not right now, at 4 is 574-2595-953. So just put that in your phone and bookmark it. Um, you get a lot of people who complained over the past couple of weeks that they could not get through. I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm really, really popular. <laughs> I mean, much to the chagrin of a lot of people in this community, but I'm really popular. Anyway, uh, we don't have nearly enough phone lines for the popularity of this show. There is no doubt about that. Anyway. Uh, at least it doesn't keep you on hold for an hour most of the time. We usually have you guys taken care of in about a half hour. All right, so the uh, the affidavit has been unsealed in the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid. So if you have not seen the affidavit yet, it is 14 pages, including just the introduction page. Okay, Of the 14 pages, eight of them have redactions. Six of them have more than half of the page redacted. So that's where we're at. <laughs> I told you it was going to basically look like black line, black line, black line, black line, black line. And that is exactly what the the majority of this document looks like. But it is 14 pages. I will put it in the Daily Show prep. Uh, and you can go ahead and, and take a look at it. So there's still a ton of questions, folks. And as I told you, there would be, you know, the DOJ tried to argue that they didn't have enough personnel to go through 14 pages I'm going to say this again. The DOJ argued in court that they should not have to release the affidavit because they did not have the personnel to be able to go through 14 pages. One of them is a cover page. 14 pages. Really, it's 13. But 14 pages to do the appropriate uh, redactions. So they just redacted, you know, most of it, which I told you yesterday to expect. I know I wasn't alone there. I think everybody kind of knew that that was coming. So... Here's what we got. Uh, Department of Justice uh, affidavit seeking to ser- seeking the search warrant for the FBI raid on former Donald, uh, former President Donald Trump's private residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, was unsealed by a federal judge Friday afternoon. Again, this is the same judge who did sign the search warrant. It's the same judge who said to unseal the search warrant, and it's now the same judge who told the DOJ, no, you're wrong. Clearly, you have to unseal the affidavit. So the affidavit signed by a special agent with the FBI, Phoebe, contends that after reviewing 15 boxes of material that Trump handed over voluntarily to the government, because he's he's hiding all of these documents, but he handed over 15 boxes voluntarily, the DOJ determined that classified information had not been stored properly and that there might be more of it at Mar-a-Lago. This is where the padlock trick comes in. So the FBI has been actively working against other federal bureaucracies for a number of years. The FBI right now is targeting the Secret Service. Friendly reminder. The FBI has just subpoenaed the personal cell phone records for 2,000 Secret Service agents. Yeah, I know. 
It's a Friday. And some of you, some of you are probably hearing that for the first time, even though we've discussed it many times on the show. And you're going, huh? Why, why is the FBI subpoenaing personal cell phone records for thousands of Secret Service agents? That's a really good question. Don't you think? <laughs> uh, the pretext is January 6th, even though the majority of those agents had nothing to do with January 6th. They weren't there. They weren't at Trump's speech. They weren't at the Capitol. They were nowhere around. Yet the DOJ still wants their cell phone records. Why is that? Very interesting question. The FBI, when they were at Mar-a-Lago the first time, when these 15 boxes were voluntarily handed back to the um, the archives, the FBI was there, and the FBI said, oh, yeah, you know, we just would like to see this room secured a little bit better. Can you put another lock on it? And they asked the Secret Service to do it. And the Secret Service did. Now, there are FBI agents that have been on Dan Bongino's show that have said this is a tactic that the FBI uses because now what they get to do is they get to go, look, even the Secret Service acknowledged that it wasn't secure enough. They put their own lock on it. We need you to sign off on this warrant. So it was a tactic to get the foot in the door. It wasn't the 15 boxes. It was really the lock. So they got the 15 boxes back voluntarily, which you already knew about because we already told you about that. If you didn't know about that, congratulations. There's a whole story going on. It deals with an FBI raid in Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago. You must be new here. The FBI's investigation has established that documents bearing classification markers, which appear to contain national defense information, uh, were among the materials contained in the 15 boxes and were stored at the premises in an unauthorized location. Now, friendly reminder. The markings on the boxes don't mean anything. They're really not relevant. Uh, The other thing is that Trump did not move these boxes to Mar-a-Lago. The General Services Administration did. The General Services Administration packed up these documents and put them in Mar-a-Lago. That's it. Don't know what else to tell you. Quote, further, there is probable cause to believe that additional documents that contain classified NDI or that are presidential records subject to record retention requirements currently remain on the premises. There is also probable cause to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found at the premises. What probable cause? So you got to understand something. In the affidavit that the FBI submitted to the court here, the FBI is basically saying, hey, uh, we had 15 boxes that they gave us. They handed back voluntarily. Um, there were some markings on these boxes, which doesn't mean anything. The markings aren't really relevant, okay? Because if they've been declassified, the markings aren't relevant. So we found these 15 boxes. Remember, Trump let them in, invited them in, made an appearance, actually said hi to the agents that were there. They were totally cooperating. We're like, hey, these 15 boxes seem a little bit questionable. We're going to take these back to the archives. Okay, go right ahead. That's a cooperating witness. That's not somebody who's hostile. And as such, the normal procedure, when you don't have a 90-day deadline before an election to not conduct any raids... The normal procedure is to go back and say, hey, can we look at everything else you have just to make sure that we didn't miss anything and these are the only 15 boxes that we need to take. The FBI did not do that. The FBI instead came back to the court and said, we believe that we'll find evidence of obstruction. How can you have evidence of obstruction if they didn't even obstruct you looking at the documents to begin with or coming into Mar-a-Lago without a warrant? What possible probable cause for obstruction could you have with somebody who has been completely and totally cooperating with you for months? Hmm? One of the government's concerns was that material in the boxes was poorly organized. 
Preliminary review of the 15 boxes indicated that they contained newspapers, magazines, printed news articles, photos, miscellaneous printouts, notes, presidential correspondence. Now, keep in mind, none of this at this point in time is improper. Okay, I didn't know if you knew this, but the President of the United States is allowed to keep newspaper clippings. And any notes that the President creates are presidential property. He gets to decide what happens with that. No outside entity has any say in that. Personal or post-presidential records and a lot of classified records. That is the quote. A lot of classified records. Uh, The most significant concern was that highly classified records were unfoldered, intermixed with other records, and otherwise unproperly identified unproperly identified that could be absolutely key to this case according to some attorneys that i've I've seen today Uh, the agent did not personally know that there was defense related information in those documents with the alleged classification markings but in the affidavit said that quote based on my training and experience i know that documents classified at these levels typically contain ndi which means he had no idea if there would be any NDI information in there. Now, for those of you who don't understand the national you know, national defense um, information, so the NDI stuff is basically the, the weird rumors that you heard that uh, Donald Trump had the nuclear codes. You know, the nuclear codes that change every 24 hours and are only used to authenticate the voice of the president. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, curiously... The agent cited a Breitbart News article in which former White House national security official Cash Patel said that that Trump had declassified the documents. In the affidavit, I am aware of an article published in Breitbart on May 5, 2022, and linked to the article, which states that Cash Patel, who is described as a former top uh, FPOTUS, that's FPOTUS, former POTUS, administration official characterized as misleading reports and other news organizations that NARA had found classified materials among records that uh, the former POTUS provided to NARA from Mar-a-Lago. Patel alleged that such reports were misleading because the former president of the United States had declassified the materials at issue. So even in the affidavit, the FBI is saying that, yeah, the former, um, you know, former national security official under the Trump administration had pointed out that these documents have been declassified. But there's other news reports that refute that. Now, what do we know about the FBI in news reports? The FBI will use their own journalists to write stories to corroborate the FBI. Okay, um, That's uh, what we call the wrap-up smear, right, Nancy Pelosi? You create the story, then you give the story to the press. The press writes an article about the story you created, and then you cite the press as proof that the story that you manufactured is true. Nancy Pelosi gave that whole little explanation of what a wrap-up smear is, which is essentially what all of Trump-Russia collusion was. So there really isn't a lot in this. Um, Basically, you know, again, you've got eight of the 14 pages with redactions, six of them more than 50% of the pages on there, and only one of them is 50%. Uh, The other ones are like, you know, two-thirds, three-quarters are redacted. Um, So this is... There's not a lot, of, lot, a lot of information here. Basically, what we have is we have that uh, the FBI went into Mar-a-Lago. It's all information we already knew. FBI went into Mar-a-Lago. Um, they went in there because there was a request made by the National Archives. The National Archives is only able to make that request because they allege that Joe Biden improperly and most likely illegally waived executive privilege of a previous president, which you can't do. There's, I've, I've been, everybody's been looking for this, and all of these constitutional lawyers are like, yeah, this doesn't exist. You can't waive the executive privilege of the previous, previous president. You can't do that. So 
Um, but that's that's how this all happened. Biden waived the executive privilege, okay? And then the National Archives is like, because there's no executive privilege, the documents belong to us, and Trump can't claim executive privilege to keep the documents that he has full and complete control over, according to the federal court and the DOJ back in the 2012 legal case, as well as the Supreme Court and a couple of other cases. So this is um, this is really no new information. There's nothing new in this whatsoever. All we do know now with certainty is that the FBI did not know with any specifics at all, okay? They did not know. I should have said specificity, but I didn't want to say it twice in, in two sentences because that, that doesn't make sense. And then I said the other word with specifics and it didn't sound right. So it's it's like, I mean, it, look, you're a fart sniffer if you say specificity two times in a row, right? Like that's like, I was trying to avoid that, but then I just ended up, you know, sounding ridiculous. So sorry. <laughs> it's a Friday. So anyway, what we learned is that the FBI had no specifics on what Trump actually had at Mar-a-Lago and therefore... They did a broad warrant, which are typically not allowed, and went in there saying, I, my experience tells me we'll find evidence of obstruction of justice there, your honor. Do you have any actual evidence of that? Just my experience, my gut, tells me we will. And the judge said, okay. (laughs) Oh, my word. So the affidavits, even though there's a ton of redactions here, don't help the FBI's case at all, not even remotely. Like I said, I encourage you to go through, look at the documents. It's, um, he said it's only 14 pages, but you don't have to read 14 pages because six of them are totally redacted, eight of them are at least partially redacted, and you don't have to, uh, you don't have to read all that much. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, here's Trump's uh, official response to the affidavit, which he wanted released in its entirety. Affidavit heavily redacted, nothing mentioned on nuclear. True. A total public relations subterfuge by the FBI and DOJ or our close working relationship regarding document turnover. We gave them much. Judge Bruce Reinhardt should never have allowed the break-in of my home He recused himself two months ago from one of my cases based on his animosity and hatred of your favorite president, me. (laughs) What changed? Why hasn't he recused himself on this case? Obama must be very proud of him right now. So this has been a question about Judge Reinhardt from the very beginning is if Judge Reinhardt, who um, openly does not like President Trump, um, he did recuse himself in the Trump lawsuit against Hillary. And it is a question that deserves to be asked and answered. Why did he not recuse himself when the FBI was looking to get into Mar-a-Lago? And why has he continued to be the judge throughout this entire process? Now, he's actually helped Trump quite a bit with getting the, the, uh, the search warrant and the affidavits released. But I think that part of that could be that he realizes he stepped in a hornet's nest here. And there might be some issues. Uh, so, I, you know, Trump's got some points. If, if you're going to recuse yourself, you know, for other cases that I'm involved in, why would you not recuse yourself from this one? And perhaps if another judge had seen this information, then this search doesn't happen. I don't know. It's possible that the FBI was judge shopping. We know that they have done that in the past. Some people think that the documents were only released today because of the anniversary of the bombing at Kabul Airport, which killed 
just killed our people and several Afghans as well um, as the withdrawal was happening in Afghanistan. And uh, while I can appreciate that, I'm not exactly sure the timelines line up perfectly to that, uh, but I can appreciate why that came out. There. You know, maybe, you know, perhaps uh, the judge looked at it and said Friday instead of today, but it's also pretty typical to go end of the week and, and that sort of stuff. But um, is it convenient? Yeah, it's pretty convenient. And I think that if, if something is convenient when it comes to a news cycle for the federal government, I think it's perfectly appropriate to assume that maybe there's some manipulation of timelines to cover other stories. Now, the White House is out there bragging about the largest airlift operation again. And it, it, this is something that they cannot, they cannot come to terms with. What they did in Afghanistan was unacceptable. It was one of the most botched operations in the history of botched operations, as we have highlighted routinely on this show before, and I've had many people in multiple service branches call this show and attest to, everyone in the military knows how to run that operation. It doesn't matter if you are an admin uh, MOS, you're a combat MOS, uh, tier two, tier one, you know, it really doesn't matter. Everybody knows how to run this operation. The only way that that operation in Afghanistan for the for the uh, withdrawal gets um, screwed up that bad is if it was intentional. And I know that people don't want to hear that, but there is no other explanation. Anybody who's been in the military can explain this to you. There's no other explanation other than that being intentional. None. And that's why people were so angry and so furious, and they continue to be to this very day. And for the White House to go out there and go, oh, look at this amazing thing we did a year ago. No, you screwed up. And you got our people killed, and you got dozens of Afghans killed as well. And then you abandoned Americans behind enemy lines while lying to the public and telling everybody that you didn't. There are still rescue operations happening in Afghanistan to this very day to get not only our people out, but people who sacrificed their their personal safety to help us when we were over there. And, of course, it... It doesn't make any sense. It just, it doesn't. You know, it was a horrendous, stupid loss of life that never should have happened because it was an intentional bleep you um, to the military by the Biden administration to just do what he wanted to do, even though even his generals, the generals who were bad, even them were telling Biden not to do it this way. And they, you know, they deserve all the blame too because they didn't properly stand up to him. They didn't. And at the end of the day, we had good people killed for no reason, absolutely no reason whatsoever. And for have them just going out there and celebrating today, oh, when your anniversary, the largest successful airlift operation, stop. Just stop. Now, speaking of Joe Biden, he did make some very interesting, what people are calling eyebrow-raising comments. And I want to go ahead and cue my audio, please. I want you to listen to this. And just tell me if you pick up on what everybody else is picking up on, you know, just for, uh, for giggles here. That's within our hands if we just vote. It's a little quiet. I'm sorry. If we elect two more senators, we keep the House and Democrats, we're going to get a lot of unfinished business. We're going to get done. Folks, look, we'll codify Roe v. Wade. We'll ban, we'll ban assault weapons. We'll protect Social Security and Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. We'll restore the child care tax credit. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make no, make sure no one, 
No one ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. You know, pass election reform, make sure that nobody has an opportunity to steal an election again, huh? That sounds like dangerous misinformation and conspiracy theories to me. Because uh, according to all of social media, uh, there's never been a stolen election. (laughs) MNC News time is 3.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. All right. Joe Biden didn't just tell everybody that he was going to make it harder for um, if Democrats win. Sorry, I got the hiccups. He was going to make it harder for people to steal an election again. Uh, (laughs) Look, friendly reminder here. Democrats think the 2016 election was stolen. And a lot of Republicans think the 2020 election was stolen. But if you say the 2020 election was stolen, then you're a conspiracy theorist because there's never been a stolen election while simultaneously telling you that Trump was an illegitimate president and the election was stolen by Russia in 2016. They still say this. So it's it's ridiculous. And then you go back to then you go back to uh, Bush. Both times that Bush was elected, Democrats claimed the election was stolen and was invalid. And then you go back to his dad. They made the same claim. You go back to Reagan. They made the same claim. So it's you know, there's a bunch of hubbaloo about Republicans not wanting to certify states in the the 2020 election. And as I've told you before, um, there was, at the time, circumstantial evidence for a lot of states. There was concrete evidence to not certify Wisconsin because you had a Supreme Court ruling that there was election issues in Wisconsin. Um, and they have stood by that, and they've continued to find more fraud in Wisconsin since then. So there would have been one legitimate instance where the vice president, Pence, could have not certified a state. I know that you wanted him to not certify other states, but at that time there wasn't physical evidence that that was true. The whole process had moved a little bit too slowly. It was a lot of anecdotal stuff, um, and they weren't uh, given time. Now, that was an argument, too. That was an argument that, hey, don't certify. We need more time to investigate this, and that was never considered. So when when you look at what happened in 2020 where Republicans were basically saying, like, we don't think these states should be certified, And the news media and Democrats are running around and telling you that that was, you know, an assault on democracy and undemocratic and fascist and all of this other nonsense. They had to be reminded that the Democrats had done that to the previous several Republican presidents for multiple states. So it's it was a running routine thing with Democrats as well. I want to play you some audio. Go ahead and cue up the audio here, because Joe Biden didn't just say that he was going to promise that nobody else could steal another election again. He also uh, said that their Republicans were were semi-fascist and Don Lemon, the uh, pastry over there at CNN. She, he had uh, Jean-Pierre on. And, and basically, Don Lemon, he's not a bright guy. Don Lemon's like, uh, what is a semi-fascist? So he asked Jean-Pierre what a semi-fascist was. And in semi-fascist fashion, she did not answer. So have a listen to that. Let's start with what the president said at a fundraiser tonight, just before his rally. The president likened what he called extreme MAGA philosophy to semi-fascism. What exactly is semi-fascism, Kareem? 
So let me just first say this uh, tonight, uh, what you heard from this president, uh, Don. And again, thank you for having me, because this is really important. The American people have a choice in front of them. And the president laid that out very clearly, very powerfully tonight. When you look at what Democrats are doing and what they are delivering and what they have done, Don, in less than in less than two years, which is lowering costs on prescription drugs, lowering the energy uh, uh, costs, making sure that we have have this historic legislation for to really deal with climate crisis. All of these things She's really are bad important. At her job. Standing up for women. And they are. Kareen, I want to get to all those things. With, with all due respect. No, but but I, we no, have a short no. time. I'm going to get to all those things. But I just, if you'll answer my question, we can get to those I things. I am. What exactly I am. is semi-fascism? Okay. Now, hold on. Pause. There's a couple of observations. Well, yeah, a few. One, she's really bad at her job. Uh, she just lied a bunch. Cost of energy did not go down. Cost of energy is still going up. Beyond that, this is Don Lemon trying to save his job. Don Lemon. Are you kidding? Don Lemon is interrupting Jean-Pierre and be like, hold on a second. You got to actually answer my question. I finally, on my show, asked a real question for the first time in the history of Dolimont. And and she, she's not answering it. And now she's she's getting really offended. He asked this question. So he's trying to save his job because he knows that he's on the chopping block here. So he's trying to pretend he's a urinalist and actually, uh, you know, ask a legitimate question. And so for the record, before he interrupted her as she was not answering his question while trying to chastise him that she was answering his question, she was trying to uh, what I call womansplain to Don Lemon. And it was 45 seconds. He let her ramble after asking her a very specific question, which is, what is a semi-fascist? And for 45 seconds, she rambled about nonsense. And he finally interrupted and was like, well, no, that, it, I'll get to all of that. I'm going to, he's letting her know, I'm still your ally. All right. But you... You have got to answer this question. And she's like, I'm trying to answer the question. Now, keep in mind, they're both, I believe they're both, well, I know he's gay. I think she's gay, right? So they're both black and they're both LGBT and they're still fighting with each other. Anyway, here we go. I was just about to get to your question. Just about I really to. was. But I, really I want to, you, you yeah. brought me on the show for a reason. Oh, yeah. And I have to talk about I it. I understand that. I just have tonight. limited Wait. time with you. Mm. I just want to make well, sure we well, get all the by, by having this back and forth, we're actually taking away from the time. So here we go. Oh, it's Don Lemon's fault that she's not answering the question. She's filibustering. That's what it is. He asked her a question. She doesn't have an answer. And because most leftists don't even know what a fascist is. This is why I've told you for many, many years. Anytime somebody calls you a fascist, ask them to define it. Because they can't. They don't know what a fascist is. And if they skedaddle onto the interwebs and they actually look up what fascist is, they're going to be like, holy crap, that's me. I believe in all of those things. Mussolini sounds like a darn fine dude. <laughs> that's the same reaction that FDR and Democrats had it in the day. They loved Mussolini and they loved his policies. They still do. There was just that whole, you know, Hitler alliance thing that they didn't like. So she never answered the question. She never answered the question on what a semi-fascist is. And that is because, well, they don't know what a fascist is. They just use it as an ad hominem attack. The RNC calls Biden's semi-fascism line despicable. Full. Uh, here's a full statement from the RNC spokesman. 
Despicable. Biden forced Americans out of their jobs, transferred money from working families to Harvard lawyers, and sent our country into recession while families can't afford gas and groceries. Democrats don't care about suffering Americans. They never did. Uh, Nathan Brand, I, you know, Nathan Brand is the RNC spokesman who released that. And I got to, I got to, <clears throat> I mean, it's rare. Golf clap, not full clap, golf clap. Just get a golf clap there. Um, that is a rare statement with what I will refer to as intestinal fortitude from a Republican at the RNC. Democrats don't care about suffering Americans. They never did. You would have never got that from the Boehner crowd. You would have never got that from the McConnell crowd. You don't get that from the McCarthy crowd. Got it from Nathan Brand. Good for him. It's true. Can't even answer a very simple question. Wasn't even being unfriendly to her. But you see, it's not over yet. Biden keeps opening his mouth. He's not having a good time doing that. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, Joe Biden made the mistake of trying to think for himself again. So, cue the audio. This is Joe Biden sitting down. He's taking questions from the press, and he decided to call on a reporter. We'll see how that went. Where everybody thought anything would go. He points to somebody. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I took control. I shouldn't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. Go ahead. You I'm not allowed to do So... For those of you who are watching the live stream, I will recreate this for you. For those of you in the radio audience, you should go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, and also watch the live stream. So Joe Biden is sitting there. The camera is like straight on. And Joe Biden finishes with his mumbling statement from the previous question. And then he points to a reporter right in front of him. And then one of his staff off camera interrupts him and waves him off and he in the to his left. And he backs off and he goes, uh-oh. I took control again. I'm not supposed to do that. And then he had to go and answer the questions from a journalist all the way over in the back left of the room. So he wanted to take questions from a journalist that was right in front of him, but he's, his staff was forcing him to take questions from one in the back left of the room. I take questions from people at virtually every live show that I do. I've never actually had somebody tell me that I couldn't call on somebody. I mean, it's weird. I've had people put their head down because they desperately wanted to leave and they didn't want me to continue talking to people. Um, I've had my boss have an aneurysm because we were running really close to my showtime after I passed the mic. And here I am at like 2.59 taking another question and I got to get up the road three or four miles and him having a heart attack on that. But, you know, it's I've never actually had somebody look at me and go, no, no, you can't call that person. I wonder why. We've seen this before, though. This has happened many times in press conferences with Joe Biden, where he tries to call on a reporter and his staff whisks him away. His staff steers him to a different reporter. His staff kicks reporters out of the room altogether. We've seen that multiple times where he goes to take a question and then his staff comes running in. And it's weird, too, because they it's like three or four of them will run right in. Waving their hands, go, oh, thank you, everybody, thank you, that's all, that's all, okay. Bye. to the exit, and they just yell over any questions that are now being yelled at Joe Biden. 
and all of a sudden Joe Biden just kind of like gets up and you know is is kind of escorted away uh, for everything. So it's just a it's really bizarre stuff, just absolutely bizarre stuff. Maybe because every time he opens his mouth, he keeps you know letting slip things that he's not supposed to let slip. Like, hey, uh, you guys are all semi-fascist. Okay. Well, you're semi the president. <laughs> you kind of are, but not really. So it's it's just weird to watch this all unfolding. Now, speaking of all of this mess that is happening here, before we get into open lines, which starts here in just a few minutes, and again, open lines at 4 p.m. Eastern time, so just a couple of minutes after the news break, you should call during the news break and get on hold. Because if you don't, how many weeks has it been since we've had open an open phone line for people to actually call in? It's been at least oh, a month and a half. Dude, yeah. It, it's if, been solid. If you don't call during the news break, it's I'm going to be real with you. It's going to be a while before you get on. Yeah, so the moment we bounce out of here <laughs> in one minute and 50 seconds, the moment we bounce out of here, you should probably call. Just letting you know. Now, this will be the one week that nobody calls, and it's like just empty phone lines the entire time. No, man, I hope to see that phone blow up as soon as we get off the air. But because of, I'm mentioning it, it'll be the one time <laughs> that nobody actually calls in because now we've dissuaded people from calling in and we'll have to come back and be like, okay, you can call now if you really want to. Nah, I have faith so, in people. This phone will blow up. It has been insane the past month and a half. We have not been able to get people screened and on the air fast enough. It's been that crazy. So I encourage you to call frequently and often um, when you can get in. When somebody hangs up, just dial. <laughs> Just dial, because you know that line's open. <laughs> Just dial right away. Uh, anyway, uh, Washington Post columnist David Ignatius wrote uh, what he called a profile of former Trump administration official Cash Patel making the explosive co- claim that Cash Patel was under investigation for mishandling classified information. Cash Patel was never under investigation for mishandling classified information, and the Washington Post still has not retracted that. Isn't that nice? It's almost like there's a biased media or something. I mean, who would have thought? Biased media. Remember the old days when you had a biased media, but you didn't think that they were biased because Walter Cronkite was so easily able to lie to you? You know those days? Man. Boy, that guy was scum. It's amazing how many of you still like that that guy and think that he was a real journalist because he was one of the most dishonest people in U.S. media history. Folks, we've got open lines coming up. Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line 574-25-95-953. Take those calls next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So here's what I'm going to do because uh, phones are nuts. I am going to, I'm going to try and move a lot faster with phone calls than I usually do. I used to be really fast with phone calls, and then people are like, you're rude. And then then I got a bit longer with phone calls, and now I think I probably go too long with callers. So what I'm going to do is try to be a lot quicker. So don't get all butthurted if I uh, end the call a bit quicker than normal. I'm not trying to be rude. I am simply trying to make sure that the show continues to move and as many people get on the air as possible. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line is 574-25-9595. That is 2595-953. You can send a, a message to the live stream if you would like on Rumble at rumble.com slash Casey the host. I am reading the Rumble rants there right now. Uh, the Rumble rants do get buried, so if you want to put in the comment section below, that's that's also just fine. 
All right, to the phone lines we go. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. What's so, up? well, one, I'm first up the bat again. Mm-hmm. And then two, uh, I, I'm telling you right now, Americans really need to be scared what's happening in our country right now. Because if they're doing this to a former president, what's to stop them to doing it to people like me and you? I think that's why the digital currency is such a big issue. And look, people think that the IRS is about auditing. Ah, I think it has a lot more to do with monetary changes that are coming. This is my personal gut feeling on it. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. You know, well, I don't know. I, I just The whole situation just really upsets me. Well, it should. And, I, I, and, 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 you know, they're also doing this to try to find a way to stop Trump from running, which that will not happen. Obviously. Well, they're motivating him to run right now. That's that's what appears oh, to be yeah. happening. So, all right, Ryan, oh, appreciate it. I got to run. This is the thing, though, because you have, you do have, okay, um, a lot of people on the inside. We made this observation when we had the lawyer from the Heritage Foundation on. Um, Sherry was on here, and she was, I was even asking her, I'm like, do you think that this is going to motivate him to run, kind of like Obama making fun of him at the correspondence dinner? And next thing you know, Next thing you know, all of a sudden, he's running for president, right? And like I said before, I, I'm still not sold on Trump running again. I think there's a good good chance that he doesn't. But this right here is just going to be one of those things that motivates him to. And they're probably pushing him into running. And this is ultimately being seen as a, as a strategic backfiring with how this is all being handled. Um, but beyond that, like I said, there isn't any legal basis for what's going on now. Once again, there's just no legal basis. Just like there wasn't any legal basis for impeachment one, there wasn't legal basis for impeachment two, there never was legal basis for um, any of the allegations of obstruction of justice, as has always been confirmed, but was once again confirmed here uh, this uh, last week with the release of that memo. So, like I said, it's just um, it, it's one of those things that people have to have to pay very, very close attention to. And if they are, this is a very valid point, if they are going to do this to Trump, they would certainly do it to somebody else. And they have done it to many other people. Mark, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm well. What's up? Well, I'm a disabled veteran. I love my country. I work on the uh, elections uh, every year except for this last time because of the COVID crap. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to have, as an inspector, we have to make sure people we had a lot of people try to cheat and we got sent to them little frogs and electronic things and i knew there was going to be problems with those before this last election was stolen and i want to know well you see what they're doing with trump what's to stop them from stealing the election again in in november because biden's already said the democrats are going to win in november that means he's got the inside from people that are got this down planning you know well, yeah, I mean, this is one. I think some of that is just, you know, political rhetoric. We're going to win, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but I think that you have to look at it as they have a game plan. We talked about the social media strategy yesterday. We're going to get into what Mark Zuckerberg revealed this week. Mark Zuckerberg, for those of you who do not know, we'll get into details later on. Mark Zuckerberg revealed that the FBI told Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden story, and Facebook complied. So. This is, which for the record, is a crime. The FBI is not allowed to do that. And the FBI had the laptop. The FBI knew it was Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI interfered in an election. You can't have a federal bureaucracy do that. This is a crime. Again, where's the FBI raids? Um, So this is, 
This is a this is a big deal. Um, for those of you who don't know, Heritage Foundation, they have an election fraud database, and currently it's at 1,374 confirmed instances of fraud. So they've yeah. just added nine new cases. Well, our computer pad went off on us uh, many times, and nobody could file their uh, votes when we were running with the electronics, and they told us that wouldn't happen. Because it was offline. Because it was offline. Right, and which we know is not true. They had to yeah. it, and the people needed to be, come back and do their revote. They're, they're telling you totally, I've, I've worked it, I'm telling you, they've, they've got a plan, like you said. We are in a communist state right now, and I'm, I'm praying for my country because... Yeah, I think God we all are. Us. We all are. There's a reason I play this song, God, We Need You Now, on the live stream at the start of the show. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Uh, I would I would like to note that the one election he didn't work was the one that we had major, major problems with. So it, it it's probably Mark's fault. Anyway, 574-2595-953. Lee, welcome to the program. Well, good afternoon. Hi there. <clears throat> Report from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, you know, last weekend, Tudor Dixon selected the most conservative Michigan state representative, Shane Hernandez, for her running mate as lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a good deal. Very good. Now, now on Tuesday, we had the trial end for the uh, two uh, conspirators mm-hmm. against uh, the kidnapping of Governor Whitmer. And one thing they read into the uh, court records, you and I are now could be declared conspirators. Correct. Number one, we both have said that Gretchen Whitmer is a tyrant. So we're anti-Gretchen. Right. Number two, we have, I, well, I assume, do you have a roll of duct tape? Uh, have, does it have to be the brand or does it have to be similar tape? Because I carry better tape than duct tape. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> or do you, have, do you have zip ties? Of course. I not, have a piece. I, hold on. Piece I not rope. only have zip ties. I have zip ties specifically for detaining human beings in my car at all times. Okay. Do you yeah. have a piece of rope? Uh, do I have any rope? I mean, probably. I would assume so. Okay. In my, well, yeah, my go kit in the car, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, that was declared proof that we are uh, conspirators. Yeah. So uh, That sounds about right. That's written into the court record now. Duct tape, zip ties, uh, a piece of rope, and you're a conspirator. Well, there, there you go. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, that T-Rex tape, much better than duct tape. Duct tape is hot garbage. <laughs> gorilla tape is better than duct tape. That T-Rex stuff is better than Gorilla tape. And it's more so, affordable. Be careful. Don't get pulled over by the FBI. And don't ever say anything nasty against Gretchen Whitmer. That's right. And uh, don't don't buy a 3D printer or eight. Right. Right. Lee, you got to run, man. Appreciate the call. Thank you much. Right. All right. Take care. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, what time is it? 420? Nice. Hey, Michigan, we love you. 
We love you. <clears throat> Not Indiana, though. Not yet. Tis legal in Indiana. But if you're on the Michigan side of the border, blaze up. Blast the show. Hang out. Propagandize the people in line over at the marijuana stores. I would appreciate that. It is, uh, it is open lines. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Kim, welcome to the program. Hello? Hello? Hi Kim? there. Yes. What's up? Hi. Hey, I wanted to talk about the student loan debt. Okay. You know, I'm so, I'm so angry about it because I couldn't even afford to send my own kids to college. Okay? Yeah. And I actually got a job locally. I'm a 60-year-old woman now, but I'm paying back somebody else's kids' college, and I, and I can't even send my own kids to college. I mean, my daughter went to um, Southwestern Michigan College. She graduated. You know, they're doing great. They're hard workers, you know? Mm-hmm. I instilled that in them. And, and you know, be, me being a, an adult, an 18-year-old, saying, oh, I want a student loan to go to Belmont College in, in Nashville. I mean, I had to make the, the horrible decision to say, no, we can't afford it, honey, and I'm not going to roll out my 401k for that. Right. You know, and I go, if you want to go, get a job and start going to school part time. She graduated with an associate's degree. She decided she's taken a couple classes since then. But, you know, she doesn't have all the debt her friends have because I made her be responsible and I am responsible. Right now I got to pay back somebody else's. So I'm very angry as an American. And here's the thing. I'm angry, too. and, And I'm angry for a couple of different reasons, because I'm coming at this from a father's perspective. And I know a lot of men. Okay? And I'm sure that there are women who do this too. I'm not, this is not meant to be a man versus woman thing, but I just happen to know a lot of men who are fathers who take up extra shifts, they take an extra yeah. job or two, and you know they do this usually towards the end of junior high school when they realize, oh crap, we didn't save enough money. And they're desperately trying to make sure that their kid can go to the school that they, they need to go to and that they're going to have money to do it. And I watch these men sacrifice time with their family. I watch them sacrifice... Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, they're getting older, like they're getting to a point where like you're in that that range where it's like if you're going to do something fun, like travel, this is the time to do it because you're going to get in retirement. Yeah, it's going to be more difficult. And they're sacrificing okay. that for their kids. And now they're being spit on. And I went through hell with my student exactly. loans. Yeah. My student and loans my, were my, absolute my, nightmares. And so I'm ticked. And my, you know, my daughters are like one is 35 now and one is 28. And they're very conservative, kind of conservative girls. One of the oldest ones a little bit left. But. When she got to be 25, she goes, wow, my friends are in trouble, Mom. Mm. I mean, she, she, had, she had one friend that went to college, so Columbia one year, mm. you know, didn't know what they wanted for your college, then went to, like, CMU, graduated. She's a teacher, and she's got $86,000. Yeah, those are expensive that. schools. Yeah. You yeah, know, maybe I, don't send your kid to Columbia if they don't know what they want to do. <laughs> that's a that's a very expensive school um yeah but i mean and and that's the thing too it's like you know somebody who went through this who went through the the federal government you know garnishing wages when they weren't supposed to and then getting the reimbursement just to have them do it again and trying to make the payments but them not allowing me to make the payments and and then ultimately just finally deciding okay uh we're gonna grind through this so i don't have to deal with this anymore and we're gonna triple the payments yeah. And that's what we did. Yeah. We tripled the payments. I paid it off on my birthday, and I went out and I bought a motorcycle like a month later. You know, but it was it, it was extremely difficult. Right, but see, the other thing is uh, that bothers me about this is that he just did this. He just said we're doing this without even doing it congressionally. Right. Okay. Right. Why isn't that illegal? And don't we have any legal recourse against that? So yes, and in fact, constitutional lawyers have said that uh, McCarthy can actually sue him over this. Biden is claiming that the HEROES Act 
gives him justification to do this because there is no other way that he could do this. The problem with that is the HEROES Act, which was passed because of COVID, allows some financial stuff because of COVID measures, but there are members of Congress who are coming out and pointing out, well, you can't claim that because the CDC has now relaxed the standards, so you can't claim that this is a COVID power that you have because COVID isn't an issue anymore. So he's likely not going to be able to do this, but what it will do is it sets up the stage. Keep in mind, Democrats don't care if this goes through. This is the one thing he gets to use with Roe, two things, that he gets to use coming into the midterms to try and rally the base. And so even if it doesn't go through, it won't be his fault it didn't go through. It'll be the big bad Republicans' fault it didn't go through. This is all a a vote-buying scheme that will ultimately die out right Right. after the midterms, and nobody will care about it until it's the next presidential election, and then it'll come up again. Right. Casey, I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank Um, you so much. One more thing I want to say, though, and just correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're trying to break President Trump from running. We know that. Yeah. But if they're trying to break him, run him, run him out of his money, okay? Because they've got an endless supply of our money, okay? So mm-hmm. why can't we have a, a GoFund President Trump so he can freaking fight against these people? That is, so um, well, you know, here's. <laughs> America rise up and send him money. Well, there are, <clears throat> there are, pla- sorry, there are platforms where you could do that where you wouldn't get canceled. And the Republicans, though, Casey. Well, yeah, there's there's that. Now, they did do it for like General Flynn and some of the others. So it has happened. So it is possible. And maybe you could be the person to do it. I can't start the GoFundMe campaigns. It's not actually on GoFundMe. Go go on one of the the Patriot ones. Um, But I can't actually start that. But, you know, somebody like you maybe could. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kim. Appreciate it. Yes. All right. All right. Have a good day. You too. You too. And and I think that a lot of people would probably, you know, just because of the situation with Trump is like, well, he's still rich, so they probably wouldn't donate. Whereas Flynn was financially decimated. And so they rallied to Flynn's support. If it got to the point where Trump was was financially destitute, possibly. Yeah, uh, that's that could certainly be a possible outcome. Nate, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Casey. How are you? I'm well. What's up? So couple of questions. One, are Democrats and liberals the same on, on the same? Um, are they the same thing? And number two is why isn't the Republicans going on offense when the media bashes them to no end? Like where uh, the media falsely accused that guy and got and then the guy went on offense and sued for like 80 million or something like that. Yeah, you're talking about uh Nicholas Salmon. Yeah, yeah so Sam Salmon's got the defamation lawsuits. Uh Kyle Lionheart Rittenhouse has got uh lawsuits. There's a couple of other Trump is suing now. Trump is suing too. Um so there's okay. there's some that are going on offense. Flynn is getting ready to sue, General Flynn. So there's some that are doing that. Now, here's what ends up happening, and this is why alternative social media is so important for you to be on. They all get kicked off of your traditional social media. So if Trump does an interview, for example, if I had President Trump on my show and I uploaded a clip of that interview to YouTube, they would take it down. If I uploaded it to Facebook, they would take it down. If I uploaded it to Twitter, they would take it down. It doesn't matter what he says in the interview. He and I could talk about whether or not his wine is the best wine or not. And we could talk about no politics at all. They will take it down. So you have to be on the alternative platforms to even see 
what some of these politicians or political figures who are going on offense are even doing. I'm telling you right now, if you're on Truth Social, you're going to see a lot of offense. If you're on Facebook and you're on Twitter, you won't because they're deleting it all. But if you're on Truth Social, if you're on Telegram, if you're on places like that, you're going to see a lot of offense. And uh, it's the engagement on Truth Social is amazing. Uh, it's, it's fantastic how good it is. So it just kind of depends on where you're at. They want you to think that nobody's going on offense because they're just censoring everybody who's going on offense. That makes sense? You still there? Yeah, I'm still oh, here. Okay, yeah. So that's that's really it. I mean, they're just censoring people who are going on offense. They just don't tell you about it. But it is happening. More so now than, than it did, but less so than it needs to be. That's why it's a what mantra of the show. Good. No, I, I said, what does that mean? Like, it's happening more, but it's happening. You said it's happening more yeah. than it should or something like that. Well, no, it, it's happening more now than it used to, but not as much as it should. So Trump is filing lawsuits. Um, you, you have Flynn Diane. doing it, you know, that sort of thing. But there's still more people who could easily sue. There's more people who could go on offense. They just haven't done it yet. And, you know, it, it's... I would love to see that. You know, libs of TikTok kind of went on offense when they got censored by Twitter because they ended up, you know, doing a business deal um, with the guy who founded the Babylon Bee. So it, it's just a different way that they're going on offense. And some people are just, you know, some people are just fighting on on alternative social media and in policy and stuff like that. But uh, the the traditional media and social media, they're just not showing you any of this, so that way you don't know it's even happening. I tell you what, if more Republicans went on offense and started suing some of these uh, mm-hmm. left-wing liberal medias, people would start changing their tone real quick. That's why the mantra of this show for many years has been hashtag go on offense. That's why. You know, you, you stop so, being afraid. When somebody calls you a racist, laugh in their face and point out their racism. Don't go, I'm not a racist. You don't need to justify your existence. You don't need to defend yourself. You're already not a racist. Screw them. Point out their racism, right. point out their bigotry, and laugh in their face. They don't know what to do when you do that. That's why their reaction to Trump was so visceral, because everybody that they had accused of bigotry for decades just immediately said, I, I, I'm not, I'm offended that you would dare say that I'm a racist. I'm not a racist. And then they would just keep attacking. And Trump would look at him and basically be like, Oh, you think I don't like Mexicans? I love Mexicans. Here's this amazing taco salad that I eat almost every day. It's glorious. And he was just trolling them. And they didn't know what to do with it. And the reason he did that was it was a ridiculous claim. He knew it was a ridiculous claim. And he treated it as such. And that's what more people need to do. It's important. All right, ma'am. Appreciate the call. Good question. Good question, Nate. All right. More open lines coming up. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Those open line phone calls next on 95.3 MNC. Some of you might think I'm going to get in trouble for the fart in a jar. Live read there. But I'm willing to bet that they're going to laugh hysterically. They're going to look up what a fart in a jar is. And they're going to realize there's a real economic opportunity there. I'm telling you. Casey Hendrickson here, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Watch the live stream at rumble.com slash Casey the host. To the phone lines we go. Karen, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Hi there. We've met many times, and 
Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. I'm calling to see what you know, if there is anything about Derek Dieter becoming the president of the county commissioner board. I have not spoken with Derek in a while, so I don't know. Okay. Um, well, is there a question or concern about that? I don't have any insider information, if that's what you're asking me. Yeah. Yes, I am disappointed in him. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's mad at both parties. But um, I'm, I'm just curious, because how in the world can he be the president when he's not aligned with the Republican Party that voted for him? Well, I mean, he is a registered Republican now, correct? Right. I believe that he is. Um, yes. So, you know, I, I, he, he's technically a Republican, but your, your concern is that the people who elected him, you feel like he's out of step with them now. Yes, I do. Okay. Casey. I do. I, I attend 99% of Republican events, mm-hmm. and I never see him there. Oh, you haven't so, seen... I see Derek at a lot of them, but I don't go to as many as you do. So, you know, I, I, I know that you're very active, but, uh, I, you know, I go to a few here and there, but I do tend to see Derek at them. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not at a lot of the, the more, like, county-centric events, so I, that could be where I'm missing, where I'm missing what you're seeing. But, Thank uh, you for taking my yeah, call. Yeah, no, no and problem. I'll see you at some of our events. Sounds good. All right, Karen. Appreciate Thank you, it. Casey. You bet. Goodbye. Take care. Yeah, I just haven't heard anything about it. Um, I haven't spoken with Derek in a little while, and, and I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. I'm sure that I will be getting text messages in the middle of this segment from people who will be like, uh, yes or no, it's true. Logan, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. How's it going? Hanging in there, man. What's up? Oh, long time listener, first time caller. I feel like I'm calling in a coast to coast AM here. <laughs> uh, Art Bell was a good dude. You know, Art Bell. Um, he he would sometimes come into town from Pahrump and broadcast in my studio. You know, I, I used to listen to him on night shift. I used to be a police officer, so I gotcha. would drive around and listen to coast to coast AM. But uh, I wanted to kind of weigh in here on what everybody's been talking about with the student loans and everything. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think this is the death rattle of the far left progressives. I mean, they had a huge loss with Roe versus Wade that had a huge loss on second amendment. And now they're kind of going, what can we do to, to muster up some votes? Hey, let's say that we're going to do this mm-hmm. and just put it out there. I, I genuinely think that this is the death rattle. So kind of what my analysis was a couple of calls ago. I don't know if you heard that. Um, this is one of those things where it's a one-time deal, right? So people are saying, is this going forward? Is it going to be retroactively enforced? No, this is just this is just for people right now, okay? So anybody who gets new loans in the future, this doesn't apply to anybody who's already paid them off. This doesn't apply to, so they would have to do it again. So what they've done, as you've astutely observed here, Logan, what they've done is they've created a one-time promise that they likely can't fulfill just to spur people to the polls, because right now, Democrats are getting shellacked in all of the polling metrics. And this could be a way for them to help stop the bleeding, maybe even maintain the Senate, that sort of thing. Um, but like, like you said, with the gun situation, right? COVID kind of killed off the anti-gun movement in the United States. There just aren't that many oh, of them left. Weird. 
And so it, right now, all of the polling shows that being anti-gun is a losing issue for the Democrats. Yet Biden advocated for it yesterday. He said, we will ban so-called assault weapons um, if we get through this. You know, the Roe v. Wade issue, that is most women in the United States are pro-life. That is a fact. That's a reality that nobody wants to acknowledge. There are a lot of pro-life Democrats that were told that they're not welcomed in the party by the DNC chair a couple of years ago. And they may, they may hear, oh, we're going to codify Roe v. Wade, and they may vote Republican this time. I actually have some, some metrics here. There's really every demographic in the United States, with the exception of one, and I'm talking about political demographics, every single one of them is moving to the right. There's only one oh, small. It. Go ahead. I, I was to say, I, I believe it. I, I've read recently that there was like a, an influx of about 3,000 new registered Republican voters in the, the state of New York. Like, that's insane. Yeah. And Florida, uh, for the first time ever, has more Republicans. Well, first time in a long time, at least in, in decades, has more Republican voters than Democrats. And Florida's a toss up state, but they're not even competing against DeSantis right now. <laughs> they're not even trying. Well, it, it, it goes to show the, the, the folks down in God's waiting room in Florida, they're, they're, they're tired of it, too. <laughs> you know, they built this, this wonderful country. And and they're going, what have we done? How are we going to spend the last 20 years of our lives enjoying our lives if we can't even enjoy it? <laughs> what the heck did you just call Florida? <laughs> God's waiting room. It's where everybody goes, you know, they retire down there. Oh, <laughs> man, I love that. Uh, I love Florida so much, though. I really do. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I do too. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you, Casey. All right, man. All right. I, I appreciate it, too. Time and- well, I thank yeah, you so much for calling day. in. I appreciate it. You be safe out there. Yep. All right. For sure. That's uh <laughs> Oh boy. God's waiting room. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed that. I, I needed it. Uh, I desperately, desperately needed it. I'll get into those metrics here on the other side of the break, maybe in the five o'clock hour, because I've been wanting to go over those uh this this week anyway. There were ten thousand Okay, let me give you just an idea. And I know it's just Wyoming. There were 10,000 Democrats who changed parties in Wyoming just to try and get Liz Cheney the nomination again. And she still lost by almost 40 points. So, do with that knowledge what you will. Bobby, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. How are you, man? I'm well. What's up? Uh, I just want to say thank you uh, for a couple things. Thank you for being uh, so informative and getting the word out on everything that's going on. And I wanted to thank you for uh, taking the time out to talk to my better half a little over a year ago. Uh, Her son was killed by a drunk driver, and we're still in court over that. And uh, you just, you know, you set some things at ease for her, and you you help her get the word out on, uh, on the tragedy that had happened. And you help spread the word on what's going on in this country, and I, I just appreciate it, and I want to thank you for it. I think I remember that conversation. And yeah, you, you were on the phone for quite a while with her. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's horrible. I'm sorry that you're still going through that, and I appreciate and that. I, I wish you the best. But I also wanted. I mean, thank you so much for you know the, the words that you've said because most of the feedback Absolutely, that I man. get is not positive. <laughs> so well. You'll hear nothing but positive come from me, man. You're, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work, and uh, I listen to you every chance I get. Thank you very much. All right, give my best. Absolutely. Give my best to your family. Yep. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Appreciate that.
But, uh, yeah, those are the those are the calls that mean a lot. To be honest with you, you know, I've told people before too. It's you know, there's um, most of what we do obviously is news and politics, very polarizing. But occasionally you get you get somebody who offers you some feedback that you made a difference. And I use this as a that was obviously a very very serious topic. I remember that phone call, but there was a moment, and this is going to seem very trivial considering what you just heard from that caller. But there was a moment where I had explained the plume of poo. And the plume of poo is something that I occasionally talk about on the show. And it's why you put the toilet seat down. And you don't put the toilet seat down because women are not bright enough to put the toilet seat down before they sit down. That's not why you do it. You put the toilet seat down because of the plume of poo. Or the plume of poo. Yeah, there we go. And so somebody had called. I'd mentioned this in passing one day on the show. This is like, I don't know, three or four years ago. And somebody called back. We're like, wait a minute. What is the plume of poo? And so I explained to them that, well, you put the toilet seat down because it blocks the fecal matter from the toilet when you flush the toilet from aerosolizing and and floating around in the bathroom and coming down on your, your toothbrush. That's why you put the toilet seat down. It's not because your mom and your sister and your wife are not bright enough to put the toilet seat down before they sit down. That's an excuse that feminists use uh, because they don't like women. But every woman knows that you put the toilet seat down, just like every guy knows you put the toilet seat up. Am I right, ladies? You're not that dense, correct? You are smart enough to put the toilet seat down. Okay. But beyond that, when you flush the toilet, everything that's in the toilet aerosolizes. There's a cloud. It's a microscopic cloud. You can look this up. All of the scientific research on this has been published. And inside your toilet, everything that's in the toilet, you know, the urea, the fecal matter, all of that stuff is now aerosolized and floats around the bathroom. So you breathe it in, it gets on your towels, it gets on your toothbrush, where you then put your toothbrush in your mouth. Okay? So I was explaining this one day. And I was just explaining because somebody had asked, and they're like, oh, man, I never heard of it referred to it that way. And I'm like, it's, just a, it's like fart in a jar. It's just a funny thing that I say. But it's true. It's based on a real thing. And that's why you put the toilet seat down. Um, I was like, three weeks later, it was the weirdest thing. Three weeks later, I had a mom call me. And this mom, she goes, I just want to thank you. I'm like, okay, what did I do now? And she goes, you got my kids to put the toilet seat down. I was like, what? She's like, I picked my kids up from school. They were in the car. You talked about the plume of poo. And they will not leave the toilet seat up anymore. Because they don't want any of that going on their toothbrush. She's like, I've been trying for years to get them to put the toilet seat down. And now they put the toilet seat down without fail every single time. Now, again, very, very small thing, right? Doesn't affect any of you. Doesn't affect me. For her, life-changing. Okay? Absolutely life-changing. Her bathroom looks better. It's more sanitary. She doesn't have to worry about falling into the abyss of the cold water in the middle of the night because she didn't put the toilet seat down. It's all great, right? And, and it was weird because I, I tell this story because, one, it's amusing, but, two, also, it's like, it's little, but I changed somebody's life. Does it make sense? It's just a tiny little thing, but the impact that your words sometimes have, and, and sometimes you don't realize the negative that your word has, too. You know, you get caught up in the moment, you say some stuff, things are happening, this is all live, it's not pre-recorded, I don't have producers and script writers and editors and all of that stuff, it's just me. And with that, 
sometimes comes ah, a little overzealousness, right? So occasionally that can happen too. And you hurt people's feelings that you're not trying to hurt their feelings. Or, um, you know, you say things that you're not supposed to say. And, and you're always reminded of those negative ones, but you're almost never reminded of the positive ones. And so it's nice to get some of the positive ones, even if it is born out of a tragic situation like with the last phone call. Um, and that um, that means a lot more than, than people realize because we don't get a lot of positive feedback from folks when it comes to stuff like that because we're you know usually the demon seed of society because the activists hate our guts. But it's, it's nice to hear that stuff. So I appreciate those phone calls more than you realize. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This show's going slow. The rest of them went fast this week, but this show's going slow. But it's been fun. It's been entertaining, at least. Back to the phone lines we go. Dave, welcome to the program. Hello, Casey. Hi there. So, with everything going on in the world, you know, it really kind of got me fired up when you were talking about this whole toilet thing that I had to call in. There's <laughs> a war, there's, you know, economy, Mar-a-Lago, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's get down to a... Uh, important issues of the day. Uh, I got to call you out, man. I think it's theater. And uh, I'm going to go all COVID and say, look, you know, if you're wearing a cloth mask to keep out COVID, you're not doing anything. That toilet seat you're putting down, that thing is not airtight. If you're worried about an aerosolized uh, poo in the air, it's getting out that toilet seat. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's theater of the mind. Well, according to the according to the lab results, what it does do is it keeps the what cloud lab? lower. Lab. Yeah. What lab? Do you want me to actually pull up Pluma Plu studies right now in an off-cuff comment that I made about studies that I've talked about on the show before? I mean, you know, you don't fake the funk. <laughs> don't fake the funk. <laughs> talked about the papers though but yeah does it actually get 100 percent of the fecal matter off your your toothbrush i suppose it depends on the particle size because aerosolized particles can become airborne and stay airborne indefinitely so that is always a possibility now if you come up with like an airtight toilet seat and mm-hmm. you market that hey you know shark tank here you go <laughs> wait Trump, hold, hold on hold on that. hold on did you say shark tank sure did you did you what? use the k did did you say shark, like as in the swimming shark, like the show, Shark Tank? Is that what you said? Yeah, correct. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, you missed a golden opportunity to say the other word, but, um, you know. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. I'm just saying, you missed an opportunity. All right. All right, Dave, you have a good weekend, man. Good talk. All right, appreciate it. <laughs> Look, the important thing is we saved her from falling into the abyss of cold water in the middle of the night. That's that's the important thing. Oh man, you know who did the absolute best bit on on women falling into the toilet because they they aren't um, aware enough to put the toilet seat down? South Park. They did an amazing episode about putting the toilet seat down. If you have not seen it. Go to South Park Studios online and watch. I, yeah, just search for like toilet seat. That episode is so funny. It's it's one of the best. I know I say that a lot about South Park, but it is honestly one of the best bits they have ever done. You have got to watch that.
All right, we got another hour to go. I've got a lot of information to give you. We can still take more phone calls, 574-2595-953. We do have three lines open right now, 574-2595-953. We'll take more calls coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Watch the live stream, rumble.com slash Casey the Host, btmedia.news for the show prep and podcasts, and Truth Social at Casey the Host. All right, I want to go over something real quick because I think it's going to be very valuable to all of you to understand the affidavit. Given what we know from the affidavit, since eight of the 14 pages have serious redactions on them, Brent Tolman. Brent Tolman is the executive director of Right on Crime. He's also a former U.S. attorney. And he did a legal analysis as a former U.S. attorney and somebody who heads up a, a crime outfit. On this affidavit. So I want to go ahead and and just read this thread that he posted on Twitter about the affidavit. So you have a legal perspective and not a radio host perspective. Okay, I've gone through the redacted affidavit a couple of times now, including attachments. I'm not impressed. There are so many concerning issues. It is hard to know where to start, but I'll try. Uh, Buck Sexton, friend of mine, former CIA analyst, he also did an analysis of this, and he's like, this is this is not good for the FBI at all. He posted that podcast uh, to his Omni. Number one, it does not appear to include any exculpatory evidence or mitigating facts. While it includes a letter from Trump's lawyer, it doesn't acknowledge potential advice of counsel defense or even what they may lack authority to bring such a case against a former POTUS. Two, It has no factual evidence attributable to the mens rea requirement, which is the burden the government must meet showing criminal intent of the target. If it's in there, it is redacted. Now, this is what I alluded to a little bit earlier. You can't have these overly broad warrants and really basically what this affidavit shows, okay, with what's public is you have an FBI agent going, I just know it in my gut that he's guilty of something with no evidence. That's literally what the affidavit says right now in the non-redacted parts of the affidavit, which are less than half of the affidavit. The affidavit is filled with conclusory statements. There is probable cause. It's stated authoritatively, but without any reference to whom the PC applies, nor to sufficient facts supporting such PC. That's probable cause, PC. It is surprising that Judge Reinhardt signed this, given that the overwhelming tenor of the unredacted facts are a civil dispute over which documents can or cannot be retained versus sent to NARA. Criminal intent appears nowhere in the affidavit, which is, again, something that we have told you over and over again is a common dispute between the the uh, the archives, okay, the National Archives and former presidential, uh, not candidates, but former presidents, okay, this is a running battle that they have. So it's really just a civil issue. Presidents have this authority. Um, sometimes the National Archive is like, well, we want some of these documents back, and and sometimes presidents duplicate those documents and then send them back, and sometimes they don't, and it just it, it's a dispute that ends up happening, okay. So he's basically pointing out that this is a civil issue. This is not criminal, which, duh, we've got the federal court in 2012 with the Department of Justice, and we have the Supreme Court in another case fully pointing out that the president has the authority to do what Trump did. 
And beyond that, Trump's not the one that boxed everything up and sent it to Mar-a-Lago. The GSA is. So if anything did get over there that shouldn't have been there, it's the GSA's fault and it's not his. Number four, my favorite part, he writes, the focus of the facts is less on if the former POTUS may or may not be able to possess, but whether docs are in a secure designated room. No mention that the whole place is secured by the Secret Service, which is a really good point that we have made on this show and others have made on their shows as well. Mar-a-Lago is not only protected by Mar-a-Lago security, they are protected by the freaking Secret Service. Sounds secure to me. Then again, some dude did get into the White House when Obama was, was, uh, was there. Remember that guy that hopped the fence and, and actually walked into the White House? Remember that dude under Obama? So maybe it's not secure. Maybe that's the FBI's uh, contention. But it is, it is interesting to point out that you know this is that lock thing that they did where the FBI tricked the Secret Service because the Secret Service is just trying to do what's right. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll secure it more. If you want to secure it more, we'll, we'll take care of that for you. No problem. But the FBI used the Secret Service putting their lock on there as evidence that the room wasn't secure enough that they had to have the Secret Service put, a, put an additional lock on, and that was the evidence that it wasn't being kept secure. And they went back to the judge, and, and that's how they got the, uh, the warrant. Number five, there does not appear to be a PC to search the safe. Very true. The safe is also not listed on places to search nor described in the factual justifications. Remember, you can't make a warrant that just gives you blanket access to an entire property, which is why we always told you that the broad scope of this warrant was illegal anyway. Um, and no judge should have signed off on this, especially a judge who has publicly written very scathing comments about President Trump and has recused himself in President Trump's lawsuit of the DNC and Hillary Clinton and others. And the reason he recused himself is because of his bias in the case. So how is it that he can sign the search warrant? And how is it that he can sign an overly broad warrant based on affidavits where they don't provide any actual physical evidence that there might be something in that house? Again, with a complying, cooperating target. We'll call, we'll call Trump a target here. There is no set of facts revealed to show that the target transported, removed, destroyed, altered, or instructed others to do so regarding classified documents. Also true. Not in the, uh, not in the affidavit. Number seven, the affidavit instructs the judge of the applicable law but withholds any mention of court's decisions regarding a POTUS unfettered ability to declassify and fails to inform the court that a former POTUS may fall outside of the criminal statute. Also true. Then again, we have seen the FBI lie to judges in the past about this sort of thing. And we told you before, the way that these judges are kind of pulled together to sign off on these things, they're not necessarily experts in this. And so the FBI kind of comes to them and and says, you know, hey, here's our, our case. They look at it, oh, okay, cool. They just kind of give it a scan. They don't really know the intricacies of it. And Alan Dershowitz has actually talked about this pretty extensively that oftentimes law enforcement will find just a a judge who tends to be a quick pen when it comes to a warrant, and that's what they found with Judge Reinhardt. So they found somebody with a quick pen who didn't really know the issue or pay attention to it, and he just signed off on it because he was trusting the FBI, which is a big mistake. And I think that he probably realizes it was a big mistake now, which is why he's the one that's been kind of pushing for the FBI and Department of Justice to unseal this stuff. Number eight, shockingly, it admits that the FBI searched through boxes of documents that NARA had recovered and did so pursuant to their criminal investigation, 
but did not use a taint team to ensure that they were not reviewing privileged documents. This was a a source of contention. This is a part of uh, Trump's request for a a uh, a master. Okay, so when Trump is is going out there and basically saying we want a special master who is a neutral third party, and we want the Department of Justice and the FBI to stop looking at these documents. Part of their contention is that the FBI is going through documents they probably don't have any legal authority to go through because this is stuff that is outside of their scope and they may not have the clearance to even see this stuff. I have the clearance to see it. They don't. There's a real problem there. And the FBI admitted in this affidavit that they did not use a, uh, a proper team to be able to make sure that they could do this review of those documents that were willfully turned over to them at the request of the FBI. Number nine. The brief reference to the article citing Cash Patel's statements that documents were declassified should have given the judge pause that this is not a criminal case and that requisite mens rea would be impossible to establish against the target. Exactly. Friendly reminder, in spite of what the news media tells you, yes, a president of the United States can declassify stuff through Twitter. I know that they want you to say no, but yes, he can. Because he doesn't have a paperwork flow that he has to follow. The Supreme Court has ruled this. The Federal District Court has ruled this. This is the standard that has always been. This is why we're not able to listen to the audio tapes that Bill Clinton kept in his sock drawer. All of that and so much more going back. um, That all establishes that the President of the United States is allowed to decide what is and is not classified. And he doesn't need to file an official certified paper to get it declassified. He's the executive branch of government. That is in the Constitution. He's the executive branch. He decides what is and is not classified. And so he's looking at it and he's going, anything in my office, I can declassify it if I want to, or I can keep it classified, or I can send it to the intelligence community and and have them make the recommended redactions. We can go through all of that however the president wants to do it. So this is, again, a former U.S. attorney, Brett Tolman. He's the one who broke this down. I'm just quoting him. So it's not radio host uh, Casey Hendrickson who's giving you this information. He's a former U.S. attorney. So you've heard from two of the most prominent constitutional attorneys in the United States on this show. You've heard from another constitutional attorney from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Those other two constitutional attorneys are both liberal Democrats who voted against Trump both times. And you've heard from a conservative constitutional attorney on this program from the Heritage Foundation. You've heard from a U.S. attorney. We have read you numerous quotes from investigative journalists and people who are former executive branch members of our government who worked on the intelligence side and document security side, and they all say the exact same thing. They all say that what the FBI did was inappropriate, that there was no justification, they have no jurisdiction here, the president uh, had the authority to do all of this when he was still president, he was able to get it to Mar-a-Lago if he wanted to, he didn't send it there anyway, the GSA did, and there isn't a case here. This is looking like, yet again, another, we're going to make an accusation to try and smear him, even though there is no there there. There's there's a giant nothing burger. It's a huge poo sandwich, and the FBI and DOJ are taking a bite of it. Um, but they don't care. They had to move. There's a 90-day limit. You can't conduct these types of raids within 90 days of an election. They did it just outside of that so they can get it done. So they had to scrape things together and do it as quick as they possibly could, And they weren't able to dot their I's or cross their T's and their entire case is falling apart in front of the public. That's the reality. Now, you've got a bunch of crazy wackadoodles out there like former uh, washed up retired news anchors who are in town who still want to go ahead and believe the false narrative 
But these are also the same people who told you that Trump-Russia collusion was real. These are the same people who told you Sharpiegate was real. These are the same people who told you Trump tried to murder all of the koi fish in Japan. These are the same people that told you Melania Trump disappeared and vanished and that Trump probably stashed her body in the trunk of the beast over at the White House. These are the same people who spread conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy to you. And you probably shouldn't listen to a single thing that they say. And it's probably a good reason why they're not on television anymore. Double thumbs up. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. But I can't be the only one that gives my guests the dog pillow. I mean, other people have to do that too, right? It's like there's no... Nobody goes out and buys a new pillow for their guests. It's like, <laughs> I'm just... I'm just saying... Um, <clears throat> Yeah. No, no, I don't wash it. Why would I wash? I put a new, uh, I put a new, uh, 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 what do they call it? A pillowcase on there, but I don't wash the pillow. No, my guests don't get my pillows. What are you talking about? Okay. I mentioned earlier that there is some data that's coming out, that voters are moving to the right across almost every demographic. This is according to a massive new survey. The Morning Consult has reported five years, five years worth of data. Now, this data involves 8.6 million participants over a five-year period. So for those of you who are looking at this and going to discount this as just a survey, no, this is a big deal. Surveys are more scientific than polls. Polls you can just look at and kind of go, eh, do we see a trend? A survey is a big deal. A survey over five years is a bigger deal. A survey over five years with 8.6 million participants, you should take it seriously, okay? The left is losing the battle for the minds of the American electorate, according to the Morning Consult, with voters decreasingly identifying as liberal in recent years. Now, that is according to their political reporter, Eli Yokely. I hope I got that right. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the country is lurching to the right. And as I've told you before, conservatives are a minority. So are leftists. Most of the country is center-right. That's where most of the country is. Uh, do I still have my battles with the center-right? Yeah, absolutely, because the center-right, um, in my opinion, is wrong on a lot of stuff. They're also too much of the go-along-to-get-along types and, and that sort of thing. I told you before that the most dangerous people in the world are not people who are radical on either side. They're the people who don't want to offend anybody in the middle. Those are the most dangerous people in the world. They're the ones that are most likely to be manipulated into doing evil. They think... That they're just like, ah, oh, I'm neutral. So I'm, you know, I, I just look at both sides. They like to think of themselves as higher thinking individuals. They're not. They're lower thinking individuals. And they just kind of go wherever the pressure is applied the most. And that's the dangerous part. They also will not take a stand on things that are controversial, even if it's right. For example, using the exact same chemical that the ACLU says is inhumane for sex offenders to go through the chemical process of removing their urges okay, while in prison, even if that inmate wants to do it and the ACLU opposes that, the ACLU still supports using that drug for children to swap genders. Got it? That's what we call, in reality, um, we call that evil. So if it's inhumane for a sexual predator convicted inmate 
to use this drug, then it should be just as inhumane for you to use that drug on a child. If you can't equate that in your head, yo dumb. Don't know what else to say. It. That's just evil. However, um, if you've got somebody who just will go along to get along, they won't take a stand on that. They'll just like, oh, I see both sides. I'm a fence-sitter. It's clearly wrong. 100% clearly wrong. Okay? It's not an opinion. That's wrong. It's child abuse. So they need to be able to take that position. They need to be able to take the position that Hillary Clinton broke classified document record laws. She did that. Now, you can have the opinion of, it doesn't mean much to me, and I still think she should be president, but the fact is, she broke the law. That's not up for contention. The FBI has admitted that. James Comey admitted that. All of the evidence says that Hillary Clinton broke the law. She committed a crime. Okay, You might think that it's not serious. You might think that it shouldn't disqualify her from being president. I might think differently, but the fact is, she broke the law. A fence sitter in the middle will not take that position because it's too controversial for them to take that position. So they just won't take it. And as a result, people who are fence sitters, people who are in the middle, people who try to play neutral ground will never stand for the truth. People on either extreme will stand for truths and sometimes will stand for lies based on ideology. There's danger there too. Okay. But people in the middle will virtually never stand for truth. Because they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to be seen as being in one camp. Their camp is centrist. Their camp is not left. Their camp is not right. But they have a camp. It's centrist. And they're centrist at all costs. So they will not take a principled position on something that is universally true. You cannot get somebody in the middle to admit that 2 plus 2 is 4 because they don't want to offend the people who say it's not 4. So they will say... You know, I was raised that it was four, but I understand their point that it might be five. That's not somebody you can count on. This is why Republicans have issues with moderate right, okay? But most of the country is moderate right, which is why they're so pliable. So the left is losing the battle for the minds of the American electorate. Yokely then makes an effort to pretend that the trend isn't what it looks like. Instead, the increase... In the share of Americans who identify as moderate or who are uncertain about where exactly they stand on the ideological spectrum reveals growing and electorally decisive center that is discontented with either side's extremes. Mm. Mm. Except the percentage of voters who identify as conservative has been increasing while those who call themselves liberal has decreased and only those who call themselves liberal has decreased. So Yokely can make this, he can make this comment that ah, people are getting disaffected by both sides. And there's some truth to that, but more people are being disaffected by the left. And more people are moving to the right. Even if that center right is still moving to the right, especially when you used to be on the left. Or if you used to be a centrist and now you're center right, or even moderate right, which is not the same thing. The share of electorate who identifies as very liberal, liberal, or somewhat liberal on a seven-point scale has dropped over the past five years. 
it has gone from 34 to 27 percent. Hmm. Now, again, this is 8.6 million U.S. voters since the year 2017. It's a five-year survey. The only group, if you look at all Democrats, so they have don't know, no opinion, um, very conservative Democrat, conservative Democrat, slightly conservative Democrat, moderate Democrat, slightly liberal, liberal or very liberal. Every single demographic has lost ground with the exception of one since 2017. Only the ultra radicalized, very liberal demographic has slightly grown but overall less people identify as democrat now than they did in 2017 and it's not insignificant we are talking about a seven point reduction meanwhile the people who identify as conservative has grown hmm five years 8.6 million voters. That's a big chunk of data to take a look at. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 5.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Battle without honor or humanity. Tomiyasu Hotai, that is that music. Some of you know it as the Kill Bill music because you're uncultured. But Battle Without Honor Humanity is the very definition of the modern-day FBI. Better known on this program as Phoebe. Mark Zuckerberg recently left, I don't know what kind of a thing he lives in. I'm assuming it's under salt water or something. Mark Zuckerberg came out. And is it just me, or does he look more distorted as a human being the more you see him? The dude just looks weird. You ever see Mark Zuckerberg from like 15 years ago? Looks totally different. And we're not talking plastic surgery different. We're talking like he squeezes his head in a vice different. Like every day to elongate his forehead. There's something wrong with the dude. I'm convinced he's not human. Okay? I think Mark Zuckerberg is an AI. That's where I'm at. I think he's an AI. So he goes on with Joe Rogan. Who's not an AI, he's just a weed head. So he goes on with Joe Rogan. And I mean that in the most, the most kind-hearted way. I like Joe Rogan a lot. And he lets the cat out of the bag. He says Facebook censored the Hunter Biden story after the S the SBI. <laughs> Almost a Freudian slip. The FBI asked them to. So this wasn't the FBI like going, hey, you know, be vigilant for misinformation. This is the FBI going, hey, this story is not real. Censor it. That's essentially what was going on here. Now, they say that they did things a little bit differently than Twitter, but ultimately the end result was basically the same. Now, I want to I remind everybody that the time frame here that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg says the FBI approached him and told him basically this was Russian disinformation The FBI already had Hunter Biden's laptop and already knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. So the FBI lied to Facebook and probably to Twitter in order to affect the outcome of an election. Friendly reminder, earlier this week, whistleblowers came forward and said that they were specifically ordered by the FBI leadership 
to not investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. So they get Hunter Biden's laptop and they go, holy smokes, this is kind of crazy. And they're told, don't investigate this. We're not going to get involved. And then they go to social media and they go, hey, make sure you censor this story and don't let anybody see it. And social media dutifully obliges. They don't know any better. They think it's Russian disinformation, what have you. So they start censoring everything. Uh, Twitter did the most censoring, but Facebook did as well. And they now admit that they did so at the behest of the FBI. This is a crime, folks. This is illegal. There should be raids here. So we find out these two big stories. The FBI claims that they are vigorously investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. Of course, they're not vigorously investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. They have just convicted the two people that had Ashley Biden's diary, thereby confirming that it is Ashley Biden's diary. And in the diary, Ashley Biden says some very incriminating things about Joe Biden. So where's the news media coverage? This all happened in one week now. Now, beyond that, at the very beginning of the week, the brand new intelligence report came out. This is the intelligence uh, use of National Security Surveillance Authorities report. So this thing came out and it said, Casey Hendrickson is right. Those two bimbos on rush hour on News Nation were wrong. That's that's the actual headline of the the intelligence community's report. Because what it shows is that the FBI secretly spied on 3.4 million American citizens in Biden's first year in office, which is nearly triple what they had done in previous years, and they did it without any warrants. As I have been repeatedly telling you, they were doing. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, listen to this one. Twitter and Meta, Facebook, have now taken down a pro-U.S. propaganda campaign that was targeting the Middle East. (laughs) So they allow anti-U.S. propaganda in the U.S., but they don't allow the U.S. to do pro-U.S. propaganda in the Middle East and Central Asia. A research paper was uh, written by the intelligence company Grafica in uh, Stanford Internet Observatory. It documented a network of hundreds of accounts across several different social media networks, um, which were promoting U.S. values in nations that were hostile to the U.S., like Russia and China and Iran and other places. And Twitter and Facebook and all of their properties censored it and took it all down. But they're totally not working on behalf of of nations who would be, uh, shall we say, rivals. You, you can't you can't trust them. This is why you got to get on Truth Social. Truth Social at Casey the Host. Truth Social at Casey the Host. We welcome everybody, even the bots and the trolls. TruthSocial.com at Casey the Host. Don't forget, you can also subscribe on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the Host as well. BTmedia.news to get the Daily Show Prep podcast. And so much more, including that live stream. If you prefer to watch on uh, BT Media, you can do that. And don't forget, Full Auto Rosary. Pre-orders are happening right now. FullAutoRosary.com. As soon as I have more pictures of the products as they're being manufactured, I will post those so you know all about those. Have a wonderful weekend, folks. Be safe. We'll see you Monday.